Amen. And and come on, it's preaching time, y'all. It's it's preaching time. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory for the great things that He has done for us. I'm gonna be in this on this subject today uh, for two weeks. We're still in the series, The Mind of the Believer. All right, we're going live in all these different places now. We're, we're talking about the mind of the believer, the mind of the believer, amen? And so I want to, I want to first introduce you uh, to the passage this morning. So if you, have your, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter four, but what I what I'm going to do is I want to preach this verse today, uh, and I'll preach the same verse next week, same verse, Amen. Same verse next week, and then the week after that I'm going to preach the verse above it, Amen. So so there's a lot of meat on this bone, Amen. All right. Um, Philippians chapter four. Mm -hmm. So let's look at it. He says, he says, uh, Philippians chapter four. Did I give you the verse yet? I didn't give you the verse yet, did I? I'm keeping you in suspense. Um, Philippians chapter four and verse eight. I want to do the A part to the verse. Amen. The A part to the verse. Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, amen? I'm going to say it one more time. Let me see if I can say it one more time. Finally, brethren, whatever is what? True. Whatever is honorable, and whatever is what? Right. Now, if you scoot down a little bit on that verse, it was right at the end of the verse. It says what? Dwell on these things. You see what I said? Dwell on these things. I want to deal with the, tr I want to deal with whatever's true, whatever's honorable, and whatever's right. Amen. I want to talk about this morning, write it down real quick. I want to talk about this morning how to break free from negative thinking. I want to talk about this morning how to break free of negative thinking. Turn to your neighbor or turn to yourself and say, neighbor, how to break free from negative thinking. Amen. We started this series on the mind of the believer. Last week, I, I talked. I talked to you. I spoke to you about uh, the idea, Amen, or, or how to deal with how the believer ought to deal with depression, Amen. I'm going to go back to that idea again. I'm going to. Go back to that one more time, amen. I'm going to go back to that one more time, amen. Here, here in another week or two, I'm going to I'm going to go back to a part two on depression, but I want to talk to you today about this one thing that I believe 
that plagues not just believers, but it also plagues unbelievers. Neg negative thinking can make us feel as though we are never truly good enough to change our lives. So many people wake up every day struggling with negative thoughts. Whether we believe that we are not good looking enough, we're not smart enough, we're not funny enough, we're not worthy enough, amen. It, it seems to me, amen, that we often tell ourselves some of the most negative things. For instance, I'm not good enough to accomplish this. They won't like me. I'm too ugly to be around. My attitude stinks. I won't even be able to get out of this situation. I'm too far into this situation. How we see ourselves dictates how we lead our lives. Do I have anybody? This simple truth, while it's currently impacting your reality in a negative way, is actually good news. Why? Because you can change your thinking. And when you can change your thoughts, listen to me real good, you can change your reality. Amen. The question I have for you this morning is this. You have to ask yourself this question, where do negative thoughts come from? Where do they come from? Why is it the moment that you wake up in the morning, the first thing that comes to your mind is negativity? I, I'm preaching this sermon to the believer today. The believer who's, who has the mind of Christ, who has been sanctified, saved, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm talking to believers today who are still searching for answers in the world, who are trying to figure out why am I so negative? See, it's not that you're negative, it's that you're, you're, we are thinking negative. The mind is a powerful thing, but you may wanna write this down. If left unchecked, unfiltered, and unattended, it will gravitate naturally to negativity. Why? Because of the fallen nature of man. If left unchecked, unfiltered, and unattended, it will gravitate towards what? Negative thinking. I told you last week that we are listening to the voice in our minds rather than speaking to it. And for the believer, I don't want to give you an excuse, but I want to give you something. You have some things that's going against you. Here's what you have. You have the flesh. You have the world. You have sin. And you have satanic influences. But on the flip side, you have resources. You have the word of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the fellowship with the saints. You have the church. You have angels around you. You have grace and mercy. You have 133 things that has happened to you at salvation that can, that can transform your way of thinking. Worry, 
low self-worth, feeling of inadequacy, and circumstances in our environment, these are just a few of the long list of strategies that Satan has been using from the very beginning, amen, of your Christian life. Come on, somebody to destroy and deter you and cause you and render you ineffective for God. You know, you know, I've, 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 I've talked to people, I've, I've spoke, I counsel people, I talk to, to pastors and I, I, I've seen church people be some of the most negative people that I've ever met in my entire life. I found that unbelievers can be a little bit more positive than, than believers. See, Paul dealt with this throughout his ministry. And we must remind ourselves that we have the mind of Christ. We have the spirit of God. We have the word of God. Yeah, you may struggle with negative thinking. So the question is now, how do we overcome it? I'm glad you asked. Well, first of all, we, we see in context, this is Paul's, if anybody should be negative, it should be Paul, right? I mentioned that yesterday, last week, I'm sorry. Watch this. Paul, who was in a prison, this is a prison epistle. An epistle is a letter. He writes from a dungeon. He writes from a prison cell and tells them to think of excellence, to, to not, not look at your circumstance but look at who you are in Christ. Amen. He wanted to express to this church their, their thanks for their love gift that they had sent to him. Amen. He was thanking them for the gift. And secondly, he wanted to let them know about his circumstances in Rome. He wanted to exhort them to unity, and he wrote them to warn them about false teachers. Dissension. Amen. And all these things, he told them in, in verse one to chapter one, I'm sorry, chapter four, verse one, look what he says. He says, therefore, huh? therefore, you know what he's saying therefore about? Look at verse 20 of chapter, of chapter three. He says, for our citizenship is in heaven, for which we eagerly wait for our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he's saying, you're not of this world anymore. Our citizenship is in heaven and we are waiting for our king to come back for us. Do I have a witness? So he says, therefore, he says, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, he's in a prison. He says, my joy and crown in the way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. He says, I urge Utica and Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Now, here's what happened with them. They were arguing. They had some dissension going on. He says, I want y'all to live in unity, y'all. Stop all the tripping. Amen. Why did he say that? Verse three, indeed, true companions, I ask you to help these women who have what? Shared in my struggle in the cause of the gospel together with Clement, also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the what? Book of life. Look at verse four. He says what? Rejoice. I've seen believers with no joy because they don't understand, they look at their circumstance and they become, they have a negative outlook of their circumstance 
watch this, and they can't, they have no joy. They don't realize that their name is written in the book of life, that they are citizens of heaven. Come on, y'all. You say, oh, I got something to be mad about, pastor. You don't understand. Life is tough. No, but do you understand as a believer what you have going for you? You and I have going for us that we are citizens of heaven, that we can rejoice in the Lord. Come on, somebody. He says, let your gentle spirit be known unto all men. The Lord is near. Watch verse six. He says, now the problem is, and I'm going to deal with this in depression. He says, be anxious for what? Nothing. But in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request be known unto God, right? Watch this. I believe that many of us are negative because we don't pray enough. Many of us have negative thinking because we don't bring it to God in prayer because we worry too much about it that it becomes a negative outlook on life. He says, but when you pray, what happens? Verse seven, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will what? Will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You're wondering why am I thinking negative all the time? I'm not praying and I don't have perspective. He says, but when you stop worrying and you start praying, the peace of God becomes like a military fortress, an army that protects your mind, the mind of the believer. Because the believer has been brought, watch this, has brought his mess to the Lord in prayer and thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for what I'm going through. I'm not going to let what I'm going through cause me to start to keep thinking negative. Listen, oftentimes we don't have a good outlook because we don't pray or we haven't prayed about it. Paul reminds this Philippian church of the importance of knowing, number one, who they are and not giving in to the negativity around them. May I say this to you? Remember this, your environment and the culture around you can affect the way you think. So he goes in on verse eight. He says, finally, brethren, right? And he gets into the whatevers. Paul uses the whatevers. He did not want to limit or put limits on these whatevers. See, because some of you may be saying, my situation is different, Pastor, than this person's situation. You don't understand what I've been through. No, he said whatever. In the English, right, what we find, these whatevers are what you call a definite article. In the English, in English, the definite article serves merely to particularize or to refer to a particular object. The definite article in the Greek, however, serves to emphasize somehow the person or thing that it modifies. I'm trying to help somebody. In other words, what he's saying is, he's saying, take whatever you're going through and watch this. And it's a definite article that if you, if you, if you know who you are in Christ, if you have the mind of Christ, watch this. If you stop worrying, if you stop doubting, watch this, it will definitely come to pass. Watch this, the results is that you will see better things 
and you will have a better perspective of what you're going through. Do I have anybody? So watch this. I do believe this, that if we change the way we think, amen, we must consider what we've been focusing on. See, I believe that some of us, we focus on the negative. The first thing that comes out of our mouth is no. Can't do it. It ain't gonna work. I'm not good enough. I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too skinny. And look, the overweight person is trying to be skinny and the skinny person is trying to be overweight. And there's no, there's no satisfaction here. There's no, there's no resolve here, right? But what I am saying, what I am saying is this. We have to break free. So how do we break free of this? All right? How do we break free of this? Let me show you. First, he says, finally what? Brethren, in his discourse of saying, you are citizens of heaven, you, 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 are, you, are, you ought to be anxious for nothing, uh, in everything by prayer and supplication, the peace of God is gone in your mind. He says, finally, brethren. And that word brethren is where we get the word Adolphus from. That word Adolphus means of the same womb. It's based on identity. Lord have mercy. See, what has happened to many of us, we have, we have lost our identity. And we have lost our identity as believers, and especially with the pandemic, not being able to come to church, we don't know what we belong to. But here's the thing, saints. You got to understand something. That once saved is always saved. That you have given your life to Jesus Christ, and you are now part of the kingdom. So the first thing you got to do, if you want to break free from negative thinking, is you got to focus on where you fellowship. I'm going to say it one more time. You got to focus. Paul understood the importance of fellowship. Amen. But on a healthy fellowship, these epistles are to help keep the fellowship, keep them in fellowship, but keep them reminded that, and I go back to the doctrine of separation. Let me say this to you. If you keep hanging around somebody who's always negative, who always talk down, who always speak down, you will forever be negative. You're wondering why you can't break it. It's because of the environment that you're in. If we are of the same family, watch this though, and never in fellowship with other believers, watch this, we may, be, we may be influenced by the world. Your thinking will affect, watch this, your environment affects your thinking. Consider this. Consider who you are spending most of your time with. Ask your question, how close are you with non-believers? How close are you with believers? Are you with me? Do you have any Christian friends? Now, I ain't talking about them fake ones either. Because sometimes they're the ones that's causing your negativity. They're because of the way they think. 
And if you're going to break it, you got to you got to focus on where you felt. Listen, where are you found? My encouragement to you today is look at how close you are with other believers. Look at your circle. Evaluate your circle today. Before we close today, I want you to think, man, you're right, Pat. You know what? Good Lord have mercy. But can I tell you something? They may not be the source. You may be the source. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Because when you've been programmed to neg negativity, listen, there's a way that seemeth right to a man and the end thereof is death. And some of us don't want to be told nothing. Some of us want to be told nothing. We don't want to learn nothing. We don't want to do anything else. But watch this, because we think that we got all the answers. And guess what? That leads you down the path of destruction. You, there's, there's a blessing in the multitude of counsel, but you got to be, remember this, remember this, write this down. Bad company corrupts good morals. And if you're going to break free from negative thinking, you got to look around, look around you. And when you see it coming, you got to stand firmly against that spirit. Amen. The next thing he says, he says, finally, brethren, whatever is true. So how do I break free from negative thinking? Most of the times, the negative things that you perceive, watch this, are things that are not real. <laughs> They're fictional. So write this down. The second thing you got to do is focus on the facts. Whatever things are true, that word true means real. Paul wants them to focus on facts, not fiction. Oftentimes in my in my practice, I tell my clients, the only way you're going to move forward is if you focus on the facts. Watch this. It's in the active voice. It represents the action as being accomplished by the subject of the verb. In other words, nobody can do this. You got to do it for yourself. It's in the indicative mood, which makes it a statement of fact, and it's in the present tense. The present tense represents, watch this. It represents action that's continuous or repeated. In other words, in other words, what he's saying is when you think, focus on dwelling on these things, but focus on the facts. And when you focus on the facts, the result is, watch this, you will begin to see things clearly. But watch this, you have to do it on a daily basis. In other words, you, it has to become a habit. It's present tense, meaning that you have to do it day in and day out. You can't take a break off the facts. Amen. The doctrine of epistemology is, is the doctrine of truth. And the doctrine of truth seeks to answer the question, what is knowledge? And how is knowledge acquired? It can be acquired by the word of God. The enemy can make fiction look good. He can magnify it where all you see is the negative side of life. He is a master illusionist. And he can cause us to focus on things that are not true. May, and, watch, and make you think the worst before you think the best. He wants you not to focus on the facts. List out the facts. Your life is good. Listen, I want to tell somebody, listen, all may be not well, but all is good. 
Come on, somebody. You, you're struggling, but you guess what? You still got a roof over your head. You can look at the brightest side of it if you focus on the facts. My encouragement is always evaluate what you're thinking against the facts. And listen, don't give in to two suggestions. What it may be or what it may not be. Look at the facts. Even if it's a negative situation, the facts are this. You are a citizen of heaven. You don't have to worry about it because the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus and allow you to break free from negative thinking. The next thing he says, whatever is true, he says, whatever is honorable. Now, this word honorable has the idea of, of something that's worshipped. It has, it comes down, the next thing, let me do the third thing, ready? The next thing you got to focus on, right? So you focus on what? Focus on where you're fellowshipping. Focus on the facts. The third thing you got to do, focus on your feelings. See, the word honorable means something that's reverent, something that's dignified. Paul says that he had to focus on what's honorable in the sight of God. Focusing on fighting, worrying, negativity, what you don't have. What, you can't worship those things. That, it's not worthy of worship. And watch this. Our feelings and our emotions, watch this, can sometimes, well, not sometimes, it will cause the negativity. So here's some questions you need to ask. What are you worshiping? Are you worshiping the problem? Because, watch this, it'll put you in your feelings. Are you focusing on what you don't have? Are you fo what, what are you reverencing? Are you reverencing the situation? Or are you focused on the facts? But you got to watch your feelings. Check your feelings. Watch it. Ultimately, what you reverence will affect your emotions. Listen to this. When a negative thought comes, Focus on what you're feeling in that moment and say, okay, God, this cannot, this is not honorable. If I have more reverence, watch this, for fear, for doubt, for worry, for people, huh? Then you will eventually give in to what? Negative thoughts. Some of you are afraid of your boss. You worship them. You, you do, you try to impress them. You know what I'm saying? Because you want a promotion. Listen, let me tell you something. God gives to his beloved in their sleep. But negative thinking will cause you to reverence the wrong thing. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I got one more point. I'm going to sit down somewhere. He said, whatever's true, whatever's honorable. Then he says, whatever is what? Right. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who determines what's right to you? <laughs> you know, why couples get into arguments? One person thinks they're right, the other person thinks they're right. And but they don't never get in the word of God to say, baby, you know what? What you said and what I said was wrong. So let me give you the next point. You ready? The last point. You ready? 
focus, you ready? On following God's word. You hear me? You hear me? You hear me? Focus <laughs> on what? Following whatever is right, watch this, right pertaining to what God has said, who God says you are, come on somebody, what God says you are and where God says you're going. See, Paul is writing from a prison and he reminds them, yo, there are rules to this new life. And guess what? If you're not living according to the rules, there are three rights that you have. You ready? Here are the rights. Whatever's right. Ready? There's the way of the world right. The world defines that right. There's the way you define the right. And there's the way the word defines right. <laughs> and as a believer, I'm talking to believer now. As a believer, you have to live according to what's right here in the word. Sanctification doesn't just happen. That's why he says sanctify your mind. You have to get involved in your growth. You have to say, God, for you I live. For you I die. And if you're going to break free from negativity, from negative thinking, we must follow the new way according to God's word. So how do I do that, pastor? Start meditating on his word. Start applying his word. Start thinking his word. Start speaking his word. Start worshiping with his word. Use the scripture as Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness and say, for God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Many people have been on a plane, right, where turbulence occurs. And when the plane starts going out of control, you may get a little nervous. You start buckling your seatbelt and you start holding on to the to the arm of the arm of the uh, arm of your chair because you you guess what? You're scared. <laughs> Amen. You're looking around, you're getting hot flashes. Amen. You, you, fear has set in. Amen. You're thinking the worst. You're thinking we're going to die. The other day, there was a plane and, 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 and the engine blew up. And the guy said, he started texting his family and saying, listen, I love y'all. He had already prepared to die. You, you know, you, 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 may, you, may, you may be saying, oh, my gosh, it's over for me. But then all of a sudden, a voice comes over the PA. <laughs> a voice says, You've run into, we've run into some choppy air. We've run into some turbulence and, and we're going to adjust our altitude. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. We have to adjust our altitude and hopefully we'll find some smoother paths if we go a little higher. Now, you're probably thinking, what is he talking about? Now, watch this. The turbulence didn't disappear. It's still there. But you take a deep breath and you relax because you feel good because you heard the voice, but you know you're going a little higher. You know that if you focus on the voice of the pilot, come on somebody, and sometimes God is speaking to you in the midst of what you're thinking negative, and he's saying, peace be still. He's saying we got to go a little higher right now. You just got to buckle up and hold on because guess what? We got to go through this to get to that. And so I encourage you today, 
to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to break free because we're going a little higher. God bless you. God keep you is my prayer. Amen. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done for us today. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you all today. If you're here today and, and you're saying, Pastor, uh, I find myself, I find myself, I find myself. Listen, in order to get through the turbulence, you got to go a little higher and go a little high. But oftentimes we don't want to go higher. We want to stay right there. Sometimes negativity becomes a part, a way of living. You know, and, and we, we want to self-inflict pain on us. We want to punish ourselves subconsciously for the things that we've done. But listen, you've been blood-bought. You are citizens of heaven. And I want to encourage you in your marriage, in your parenting, in your singleness, in your whatever, in your whatever, in your pursuit of whatever, you cannot accomplish it. You cannot accomplish it thinking negative all the time. Hey man, I want to tell you, man, I used to look at the negative side of everything until the Lord delivered me, until he gave me the mind of Christ. When you grow up superstitious, that's all you expect. Come on and help me now. When you grow up, when you grow up on, the, on the rough side of the mountain, Amen. Then guess what? Guess what? All you expect is negativity. And even when you try to be positive, you keep getting pulled back down. But I realized, I had to realize something. I'm a new creature in Christ. And my way of thinking has elevated. I focus on what's right. That's what I focus on now. When the devil tried to give me a position, a point of view of negative, I'm like, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. And so if that's you today, and if you want prayer this morning, Pastor, pray for me. Don't let this service go by. Don't let this service go by. And you sit there and you walk out of here the same.